Good morning. Is it morning? Are we still in the morning? Say to your neighbor, good morning. Tell them, it's good to see you. Even if it's not good to see them, just say it's good to see you still. <laughs> All right, there's a lot of movement. If we can settle down, we are going to continue our teaching, and then we're going to be praying as a church. This month is a month of prayer and fasting where as a church we are praying and fasting together. And as such, it is important for us to uh, make sure that we are really focused on what God wants us to know. In May, the Holy Spirit said to me that we should um, make this month a month of prayer and fasting and that what we should do is instead of how we normally do it, where everybody takes a day and we do this chain fast, we just set aside three days in the week where we are fasting. So on the Wednesday, the Friday, and on the Sunday where we fast together. How many of you have been attempting this? Can I see? Wonderful. Even if you haven't, you might be tempted to raise your hands. <laughs> Um, I want to encourage all of you to do so, and I felt that what he also impressed was that it should be within the reach of everyone, so you can miss a meal, two meals, you can do a partial fast. Um, even if you are on medication, of course you should seek medical advice, but what will encourage you is, rather than, let's say, not eating, you should have something. Instead of, say, eating your burger and chips, and uh, whatever else you eat, you, you jollof rice or whatever, just have plain rice because if you just have plain rice without no jollof, without no salt or anything, you will still live if you're on medication because there's a lot of carbs in that plain rice. <laughs> Look at the way you're looking at me. I'm telling you good news. Even if you like, like proper BLT sandwiches, just have ordinary plain bread. And that would also be a fast that would be acceptable. Amen. <laughs> All right. So we're going to continue in our teaching about when the church prays together. But I really want to encourage you to commit to the fasting and praying. And key areas that we're fasting and praying into, we're fasting and praying for revival in our church, specifically in the area of prayer, in the area of soul winning, and in the area of holiness and purity. Secondly, we're fasting and praying concerning this borough, we really want God to move in this borough, to bring a change in the borough. And thirdly, we're fasting and praying for our nation. And then number four, we're fasting and praying for our specific lives. Specific areas in your life that you want to see a breakthrough, we are asking you to bring it before the Lord throughout this month as we fast and pray. All right, so we're going to talk about when the church prays together. Specifically, I want to give you some guidelines about the dynamics of corporate prayer. The dynamics of corporate prayer. When the church is praying together or when a group of people are praying together, what are the scriptural dynamics that we're supposed to observe? few things I want to read. Matthew 18, verses 18 to 20. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, 
that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. These verses our Lord teaches us within the context of church discipline. It's within the context of where a brother sins against you. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell them if they will not listen. Take two, one or two witnesses that in the mouth of two or three witnesses all things are established. And if they will not listen, tell it to the church. And if they will not listen to the church, treat them as an unbeliever or a publican. And on the back of that, he then gives us a teaching about what you allow and what you do not allow. And so this is the context of these verses. But we are going to use it because there are dynamics involved that we can learn about corporate prayer. And we're going to use it in that context. But it's important you have the background in mind. Now, last week, we talked about some lessons from 2 Chronicles 7.14, a very famous verse where many people quote and actually misquote. And most people quote it like this. If my people are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. That's how most people quote it. I hear many preachers quote it like that. They will miss out and turn from their wicked ways. But it's a complete verse. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. And we talked about um, some key areas that this verse highlights, seven key areas. Number one, it applies to God's people in community. In other words, it is not a verse to an individual. And Western Christianity, we're very used, or Western influenced Christianity is very used to individualism, where we see things as me and my walk with God, me and my personal relationship, and we even have an unscriptural phrase, personal savior, ain't in the Bible. There's no such thing as personal savior in the Bible. Are you still here? Charismatics, we like personal this and personal that. It's Lord and Savior. There's no personal Savior. Let's move on. So it applies to God's people in community. Number two, it highlights the need for us to humble ourselves before God. You see, humility is really acknowledging or seeing things from God's perspective. Humility, in one sense, is the embrace of reality. Because when you see things the way God sees it, and you accept things the way God accepts it, or God views it, then that is true humility. Humility in itself is not where you demean yourself and uh, you insult yourself or you speak things that are not true about yourself. Third point, he says, we, it, it talks about this verse, highlights this point that it enables us to seek the face of God together. If my people were called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face. We seek him together. Now, there is a difference between how we seek God as individuals and how we seek him together. And again, I see many times when the people of God gather to pray that people don't know how to pray together and maximize the benefits of corporate prayer. And at times, people seek God's face how they, together, how they seek him privately. You can't do that because the way God will deal with you on your own, sometimes it's not what others need to see. You know, if at times you're in prayer before the Lord on your own, sometimes you will be wailing like a mad person. Sometimes you will feel distraught. The burden will come on you 
you may act in ways that are very strange. Now, if you do that in public, you will not edify people. You will rather cause confusion, especially to the uninformed. There's a principle there about how even we speak in tongues. The scripture says that when you gather together and you're giving out a message in tongues, if there is no interpreter, you are to be silent and speak to yourself. It doesn't say don't speak at all. It just says bring it down, tone it down, and speak to yourself and to God. But at times, I see many of us, because we don't understand the dynamics of corporate praying, we do things that are actually unscriptural. Fourth point, it involves acknowledging and turning from our wicked ways. Number five, God promises to hear the corporate prayers that meet his conditions. God is only obligated to his word. Again and again, I find that we have to keep reminding God's people that the Lord is only obligated to his word, not to our feelings, not to our needs, even not to our circumstances, but to his word. Are you still here? Sixth point we said is that corporate forgiveness of our sins is a prerequisite to seeing God's blessing on the land. You see, when we look at what is happening in society today, in my view, and I believe scripturally, it is the church's responsibility to see a change. Not so much politicians. The scripture says the whole world is under the sway of the devil. So for you, for politicians, sometimes even to make the right decisions, they need to be delivered from the principalities that hold them in bondage. You know, when you look at this old Chilka inquiry, and Tony Blair giving evidence and all that happened, whatever your views are, you know, I personally, this is my view, I could be wrong, don't believe that the man in himself is some wicked man that wanted to see people killed. But there is a reason why those decisions were taken. And sometimes it goes beyond the person. There are forces. And the role of the church is to undermine those spiritual forces, those principalities that governs and controls these politicians. Unless we pray, things remain the same way as they are. But when we, God's people, begin to pray, take out all the personal politics, all the carnality, and we begin to see God's face the way he prescribes and begin to turn from our wicked ways as we ought to, God intervenes on behalf of the land. And then the final thing is the healing of our land is our responsibility, the responsibility of a church. And this is what we've talked about. Now let's look at the dynamics of corporate prayer. How do we pray together? In Matthew 18, verses 18 to 20, I want to highlight a few things that helps us about corporate prayer. The first thing is the authority of the church to bind and loose through prayer. What is binding and loosing? It is simply restricting something or allowing something. So, for instance, I mean, I am one who does this even now, and especially in my younger days, I liked to bind and loose. So if you're saying something I don't like, I might just say, I bind you. Yeah. <laughs> and if I want more money, I just, I lose money, I lose money. I mean, that's the thing. I did, did it change anything? Really? How many of you have lost millions before? I release in the name of Jesus. I release a five-bedroom house. And then I release, I bind the devil and release all the money in the world. In fact, all the money is mine. <laughs> money, money, money. 
Hey, God's people and money help us. I've written a book on this. Let's move on. <clears throat> so, the authority of the church to bind and loose is within the context of a local body in community, not individuals willingly going around binding and loosing as they feel. Secondly, this authority is exercised in a specific context, and it is this. He says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. The Amplified shows us more. He says like this, whatever is bound on earth is already bound in heaven. And whatever is loosed on earth is already loosed in heaven. In other words, earth is releasing what heaven has already released. In other words, you cannot bind and loose outside of scriptural authority. You cannot just bind and loose for binding and loosing sake. So, for instance, this, another scriptural principle, a curse without cause cannot alight. You cannot be cursed unless there is a legal access into your life for the curse to remain. That's why we are not afraid of witches, wizards, eating food that's been offered to idols. We're not afraid of that. In fact, the Bible tells us that when you are given food that they've offered to idols, ask no questions, eat the thing. That's the Bible. So if a witch cooks for me and then does incantation on the rice, saying I turn it into maggots, and that the chicken is now human flesh, and that the stew is human blood, when it comes before me, it is chicken, it is rice, it is stew with tomatoes and all the other stuff. Now, in her mind, it might be that, but in my belly, it is that. Yeah. What does the scripture say? An idol is nothing. That's what the scripture says. And it's within the context of food offered to idols. That's what witches do. Are you still here? I'm just showing you something. That the authority to bind and loose is done within scriptural authority. It's within what has been enacted through the cross of our Lord Jesus. That's where the authority is. Unfortunately, there's so much superstition when it comes to these things. People are very superstitious. And they, they prefer to believe lies than the truth. Some people have so, give so much authority to generational curses that they're forever breaking a generational curse. Beloved, you can break a generational curse with a word. Once you are in Christ. That's all. Because the thing has already been broken through the cross. But the devil, you know, he's very crafty. Sometimes he'll tell you, I am not going. Many times you're casting out a devil. Say, come out in Jesus. I am not going. You have no power. Come out. I am not going. You have no power. Come out. You, you can't cast me out. Come out. Come out. Okay, I'm going. Okay, I'm going. Okay. They want to make sure you know what you're doing. They say, I'm not coming out. You can't cast me out. I'm never coming out. I'm going to kill this person. And if you're not going, hey, this is a really strong devil. This is a really stubborn devil. Yeah. Hmm. Our authority lies in what Jesus has done for us in the cross. That's the point you need to see. Second point is this. There must be agreement among those praying. So first of all, when we're praying, we must pray within scriptural guidelines because that's what gives us the authority to bind, that is restrict the hand of the enemy, 
and release. That is, allow the will of God to be enacted. Secondly, there must be agreement. Verse 19, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. This issue of agreement is so important. Remember, we're talking about corporate prayer. You see, it's one thing if I'm praying on my own. Even when you're praying on your own, you need to be in agreement. Fervent in spirit. Your spirit, soul, and body needs to be in agreement. How many of you are praying, oh God, I pray you will bring revival, but you're thinking about the chicken, the roast. You're, especially when you're fasting. Have you, have you noticed when you're fasting how powerful it is not to pray? <clears throat> like the other day as I was praying and I was fasting, I said to him, I said to him as I was in the middle of it, I said, you can see I'm struggling. You can see I'm struggling because I'm praying, oh God, but my mind is all over the place. You can see, you, we all can see I am struggling right now. I can't even concentrate. All you can think about is, and the funny thing is sometimes the kind of food you're thinking, hey, I'm talking about food a lot, let's move on quickly. <laughs> this highlights, this verse highlights the ability for the church to contextualize they are praying. Whatever you bind on earth is bound ever. Well, if two of you shall agree, sorry, if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything they ask. Now, agreement means there is harmony. You have the same mind. Now, here's the thing, and this is why many times when I lead prayer meetings corporately, I get you to pray in groups because I know what it's like. You say, let's pray about revival. And, you know, I'll give my big speech. You know, the devil is killing people. We need to set people free. We need to deliver people. We need to see so saved. Yeah, that's great. Now let's pray. And say, uh, what are we praying about again? So when you say, let's pray, you see everybody, especially Pentecostals. Especially those of us who like praying like, but then you say, wait, 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 what are we praying about? Uh, I don't know. Let's just pray. You, <laughs> Pastor Steve, if you don't believe me, you do it next time. After your big speech, you know, let's bind the devil, let's destroy it. So now I pray. Then just tap someone. Uh, what are you actually praying? Uh, I, I don't know. I think, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it's, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's revival. I think, I'm not sure. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like that. I've seen it so many times. Me, myself, sometimes, when somebody's leading in prayer, and they, when they finish, I'm like, so, 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 what did they actually say? I mean, they were so anointed, and I was just amazed by, and the Lord is moving, and what are we praying about? And, say, and the, the person, I, I actually don't know. I don't know, but I'm just praying. <laughs> so, that's why many, many times I will say, pray in person. Why? Because I want you to rehearse to each other. And at times when people rehearse, they're like, um, sorry, pastor, what, did, what, what were we praying about? Aha, uh -huh, gotcha. Yeah, I know. But then when, once they rehearse it, then you find they now can pray in agreement. Now here's another thing I've observed in praying in agreement. And it's this. Okay, two or three come together. In the past especially, two or three come, let's pray. They'll just join hands and then boom! No reference to anything. They're all ah, straight. Everybody's speaking mysteries to God. 
but there's no agreement. There's no agreement. In the spirit, they're speaking mystery. But there is no agreement. So, what does that mean? It means their prayer has no power. Because it is predicated on agreement. You see, I've noticed, I've been to some very uh, boring appearing prayer meetings. Very tea-oriented, biscuit-on-the-side-oriented prayer meetings where people cross their legs and, now let's pray about this thing. But after they finish, when you see the results of their prayer, you see powers released. And I've been in prayer meetings that are very hot. What we consider hot. Sweating. Energy. Then you go to the meeting and you wonder what's all about. Yeah. What is the difference? Agreement. Agreement. Remember, I'll never forget in, in the early 90s when I started visiting a place called LL Ministries. Again, whatever you may think of it, I like LL. And they were casting out demons in people. Now, hitherto, when I would cast out a devil, there was a lot of energy. You had to do a lot of shouting and screaming and binding and loosing and loosing and binding and screaming and shouting. And it would take us, one time we cast out, it took us 12 hours from, no, 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 that's long. Six hours, sorry. Not so long, six hours. From like 11 midnight uh, um, p.m. till 5 a.m. Trying to cast one devil out. Now, these people now, when they were casting out devils, they'll do this. Okay, now, out you go. Out you go. Come out. Out you go. And you say, I'm like, what? Out you go. Out you go. Out, come on. Now, go, go. That's right. And I'm like, what? Out you go. Come on. Out you go. And it's actually going. Why am I screaming? So I learned it. Mm. I added it to my Pentecostalism. So sometimes it's actually going, sometimes, come out, you devil, depending on how we're feeling. Yeah. But the point that you have to understand is that the power of it is in the understanding being employed and the agreement of the person praying. Whether you are praying by your own self or whether in a group, but in group, agreement is vital. Amos 3.3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? No, they cannot. Two cannot walk together unless they're in agreement. Husband and wife cannot walk together unless they're in agreement. Single people, you and your friends, you can't walk together unless you're in agreement. Yeah, let me move on quickly. Yeah, so, (laughs) I have to behave. So, this is why you must, if you're praying with more than, it's two or more of you, you must make sure You're all on the same page. You're all on the same page. Now, you can all be on the same page and be shouting to God. That's great. That's fine. You can all be on the same page and be silent before God in agreement. That's great. But the key point is you must all be on the same page. So when a person is leading a prayer meeting, it is their responsibility to ensure that the prayer meeting, the praying, is in 
agreement. When I'm involved in a prayer meeting, if I'm part of a praying people, like this church here, we're going to be praying, we must make sure that when we are praying, if we say, let's pray for the nation. One man said, Lord, I pray that the conservatives will be destroyed. And I was saying, Lord, make sure labor don't make it. And I was praying, Lord, let, let, let what's the name? Let, let lady, let, let, what's the name? Let, let's sin? Let's, let her be the one. And I was saying, oh God, I bind, let, let Teresa make it. She's a bit weird with that comment she made about mothering. No, you can't pray like that. When we are praying, we can never be partisan. Never, the people of God. When we are praying, it's not about, for the nation, it's not about labor, conservative, green, blue, UKIP, INKIP, OKIP. It's not about any of them. It's about the will of God, the nation, period. God superseding our bias and bringing about his will. That's how you pray in agreement about anything. So you make sure that what you're saying, let's pray about, is scriptural. It's so important. When you're praying for your church, and again, I see this happen at times, we're praying for the church, let's pray for revival. Say, Sister Smith, can you pray? If you're Smith, I'm just picking the name, it's not you. Sister Smith, can you pray? Brother Jimbo, can you pray? pray? Pray for revival in CLF Greenwich so that the Lord will revive us in the area of prayer. And then Sister Smith starts praying, Lord, I know they said we should pray about prayer, but Lord, you know that people are dying in India. So Lord, I pray for those in India. I bind starvation and famine. In Jesus' name. And here comes Brother Jimbo. Father God, it's not only Greenwich we're praying for. We're praying for not only CLF, but the whole body of Christ. We're praying for the whole church. It's not about CLF. It's not about Greenwich. It's about the world. Now, you see, that is called confusion. And those prayers, God will not answer. Because that was not the prayer agenda. If you want to pray for India, pray for India, but not there. Go home and pray for India. That's not what we're praying about right now. Honestly. Are you still here? You know, at times you see this. And it's the reason why people do this, because they have little understanding about group dynamics. Yeah. Those who are praying must listen to each other's prayers as well. See, that's another thing. At times people are praying, and everybody, okay, we're praying for a revival. Sure, let's pray for a revival. Oh, God, I pray for a revival. At the same time, oh, God, I'm binding the devil. At the same time, oh, God, heal the nation. Now, wait. We're praying in agreement. Me and you are praying. So for you to agree, you need to hear what I'm praying. And you can only agree to what you actually agree with. Otherwise, we're not praying in agreement. Unless we say, let's all pray together out loud. But if we say, let's pray together in agreement, you and me are praying out together, then we need to listen to each other. How can I agree with you? At times, somebody's praying, and I have to stop the mid-flow. Say, no, it's not like that. For instance, Lord, I pray for Pastor Joe. You know that Pastor Joe and Aisha are going through marriage problems right now. No, we're not. Stop you right there. We're not going through any, I don't need any curse over my life. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say amen to that. No, 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 no. Oh, Lord, you know the marriages in this church are in a big disaster. No, 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 no. Stop them there and there. No, no, no. They're not in a big disaster. Yours might be going through disaster, but not everybody's. No, 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 no. 
Wait, 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 wait. So, so at times, when people are praying, if I'm agreeing with them, I listen. And some of you, you've tasted this recipe. I stop you. Stand. No, it's this. Because I don't want you to uh, release something that I don't need in my life. You know, I pray, Lord, you know, I say, I want you to agree with me. You know, I'm believing God for a house in this area, blah, blah, blah. And you come from Lord, in the name of Jesus. Even though he's believing for a house here, we, wherever, where he is right now, let him stay there. Stop the praying now. Stop. I'll say, no, nah, mate, no. You don't take it. You just say, okay, I don't want to be, uh, I, I don't want to be disrespectful. Well, take the curse then. No, if I needed the prayer to stay where I am, I wouldn't be praying. I said, agree with me, so I move location. And you have your own agenda for my life. Why? No, no, no. Are, are you listening to me? I am stressing this point on purpose. Because the power is in agreement. Third point, the prayer meeting must always be in the name of Jesus. He says in verse 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So what he's telling us is this, that the prayer that he endorses is the prayers that represent him. The prayers that are in his honor. The prayers that are because of him. That's what it means to do something in the name of Jesus. So if we are praying, and that's why I don't believe in multi-faith praying. I don't. I believe in working together with those in other faiths. But praying? Nah, nah, nah. Because how can I pray in the name of Allah and in the name of Buddha and in the name of Confucius and then add Jesus to it? And also, in, no, 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 no. It's not happening. So straight up, I don't pray. I don't do multi-faith praying. I don't. You can if you want. I don't. Hey, but Pastor Joe, isn't that, un, un, isn't that not loving? Call it whatever you like. I don't do it. It's not, it's not my, my, my issue to try and be politically correct. My issue is to obey scripture. If I want Jesus in that prayer meeting, then I have to make sure he's being honored. You can't honor Jesus and put him on the same line as Confucius, Buddha, Allah, and say, I'm honoring Jesus. No, no, no. Are you still there? This is a bit PC issue. All right. So, prayer meetings that do not honor the Lord. And by the way, how it's done as well is important. It must honor him. Any prayer meeting that do not honor the Lord is a waste of time. It's a waste of time. It's just religious gymnastics. Yeah. So, I want to conclude with a few things, and we'll pick it up next week because of time. In Acts chapter 4, just the next 10 minutes, Acts chapter 4, and then we're going to pray. Verses 21 to 31. This shows us, these verses shows us, gives us insight about how the church prays together. From verse 21, it says, And being let go, the context here was Peter and John had cured somebody who was lame from birth and then had been brought before the Sanhedrin they had warned them not to preach in the name of Jesus and do things in the name of Jesus anymore. So verse 30, 21. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Verse 24. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the heathens rage and the people plot vain things? 
the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spake the word, word of God with boldness. Now, there are five key things I want you to see in this. First of all, there was agreement. Secondly, there was submission to God's will. Thirdly, there was scriptural authority and context. Number four, they were specific. And finally, God's response. These, this incident shows us how we pray together corporately. So the first point I want you to, I've emphasized earlier, but I want to stress again, is agreement. Look at verse 24, the first part. It says, when they heard what Peter and Jonah said, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said. You see, this is where the believers heard something. And based on what they heard, together they prayed. So they were agreed. And before they could be agreement, they had to have heard something. This is why, again, it is important when you are praying that you have heard clearly what the prayer agenda is. Also, I want you to notice that they prayed with one accord and said, Sovereign Lord, and prayed this prayer. Now, again, when you study this, I'm asking, Lord, did they, all of them, say this at once? Or did somebody pray it and they all agreed it? Or did they pray and this was the summary of their prayer? We actually don't know. But what we do know is that what they prayed represented all that is there. So what I'm trying to say is, is this. I believe that when we're praying corporately, God is listening to us to hear one voice, one sound that is coming from us, from our hearts and from our words. And this is why what you hear is so important. Remember, they had heard Peter and John rehearse to them all that the chief priests had said had threatened them, and it troubled them. And so together they were all concerned, and out of that burden, they prayed this prayer. This is why agreement is so important. Second point is submission to God's will. Look at how they prayed, the second part of verse 24. Sovereign Lord, or Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea, etc. In other words, whenever you are coming before God in prayer, especially as a corporate group, you must be completely submitted to his will. You cannot expect God to answer your prayers if you are not willing to submit to his will. Again and again, I see it happen, where people want God to answer them because of their need, but they are not willing to submit to his will. Beloved, you will not be answered. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, he says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What he's saying to us is this. We must be in submission to God. We must be willing 
to see things from his perspective. We must be willing to go according to his guidelines if we want him to answer our prayers. Third point, and quickly, is the scriptural authority and context. Now, notice in verses 25 to 28, when they approached God, they quoted Psalm to, to him. Psalm 2, that's what they quoted. Why did the heathen rage and the people Im- Im- plot vain things or imagine vain things? They quoted a messianic psalm back to God and said, listen, look at what's happening and listen to what your word says. And it was on the back of what the word said, they made a request. Again, it is so important to pray according to the word of God and with scriptural authority. Especially when you're praying corporately. Many times, people do not want to hear what God's word has to say about something. They refuse it because it is inconvenient. But then they want God to intervene. These guys were wise. And their prayers highlights for us the need to make sure that our prayers have a scriptural basis. Your praying must have scriptural basis. Next point, specificity. They were specific. 29, verses 29 and 30. He says, look on your threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness we may, they may speak your word. How? By stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Beloved, When you are praying to God, learn to be specific. Learn to be very specific corporately. And this is why, again, over and over again, when we're praying corporately, if I'm leading it, I'll tell you, we're praying about this. We're praying about this. Also, specificity means this, that you tell God over and over the same thing. Now, let me explain it like this. Our prayers must be simple and persistent. Remember Luke 18, 1 to 7, the unjust judge and the persistent widow, she kept saying to him, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. Over and over again, it must be persistent and simple. You see, when you are praying corporately, first of all, we don't have time to be listening to your long praying, going on about China and India and Japan when we need healing right now. That's the first thing. At times when people are praying, I, I actually, including myself, by the way, I'm, I'm a culprit here. We start praying. We want God to help our church. Oh, God, give us a building. Lord, let the building be three stories tall. Let it have this and that and this. And, Lord, that's the car park when they come in. Listen, mate, just pray for the building. Remember, you can do that privately. You need three hours to describe it to him. But with us, we only have 30 seconds. After that, you've lost us. Are you still here? Come on, have you been in prayer meetings where the guy starts praying, or the girl? And uh, after a while, you, you open your eyes to see if the pastor is listening to this because it's kind of going on a bit. And then after a while, you kind of, amen, amen, because you're telling them, can you now bring it to a close? Amen. And that's when they're more gingered in the, and now, Lord. <laughs> Maybe you've done it. I know I have. <clears throat> and also, our prayers must be heartfelt and earnest. So it's persistent and simple, but it must be from the heart, and it must be earnest. 
And uh, finally, God's response. Such praying, as outlined in these verses, will result in a divine response. Look, verse 31. When they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke with boldness. For God to respond, these dynamics must be in place. There must be agreement. There must be submission to his word. There must be specific corporate prayer. And there must be a desire to let God respond. If you are willing to do that, then your corporate praying will have an impact. Amen. I want us at this time to rise to our feet. We're going to pray. If I can have um, Olu on the keys, just Olu. We're going to pray. And what I want you to do right now, I want you to just bring yourself before the Lord and ask him to empower you afresh in the area of your prayer life and in the area of the prayer life of the church. Lift up your hands before the Lord and just begin to pray in your own way. Just ask God to touch you afresh, to touch you in the area of prayer, to touch your life, to touch your heart. Begin to do that right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We ask for your grace upon us right now, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus. We ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us as individuals and as a church. We lift up our voices to you. We say, touch us afresh. Touch us afresh. In the name of Jesus. Since this month is a month of prayer and fasting, and one of the areas that we're praying into is specific breakthroughs in our life, I want you to just group up in twos and threes. No more than three or five in the group. No more. Just right where you are. And I want you to share with each other about areas you want prayer in and then pray. Something specific that you're believing. Something specific that you are believing God. This month, share it and then pray in agreement. Yes, personal needs. It's personal needs.
you to agree with me. Heavenly Father, you are the God of all flesh. And we thank you that you are a God who hears and answers prayer. Father, today I lift up your people before you and the prayers of your people. Lord, even as they have prayed, that you will hear, that you will answer, that you will move on their behalf. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to pray some more.